the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So the Gospel uh, according to Luke. The shepherds went in haste to Bethlehem and found Mary and Joseph and the infant lying in a manger. When they saw this, they made known the message that had been told them about this child. All who heard it were amazed, and by what had been told them by the shepherds. And Mary kept all these things, reflecting on them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God. For all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told them. When eight days were completed for his circumcision, he was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, I think the one thing that just, I did not read this before I came here. I wanted to just listen to it when it was right here. And the two words that stuck out to me just then and there was um, glory and praise. And it's probably something we should focus on. Maybe we do every single day is, is praise Him for all the blessings we have in our lives. And then um, to glorify Him. That's, that, that, that's a hard thing. Um, but I think if we focus on every single day, we can, we can love our lives in such a way where it's how He taught us, and that is glorifying Him. And then in the back of my head, I have this, for some reason, technology in my head where um, I would say eight, nine times out of ten, if you talk to people about technology, people will say that it's a detriment to, to individuals, to groups, to our society. But you can look at the flip side of it and you can use it to glorify God. There's so many different ways you can do that. Um, I mean, we know that people, some people, um, I don't post much if, much at all on social media, but I mean, we know that some people where they might take, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 pictures of themselves and put one of them online to make it look like you're feeling a certain way. All right, we get that. That's fine. But um, let's say you're using a social media platform like Instagram. How about if you're on vacation somewhere and you maybe a sunset or the mountains in Colorado or whatever it is, take a picture of yourself in it and say, listen, this is what God created for us. That's glorifying Him. So just one little tidbit of, you can use social media in so many different ways to glorify God. Um, I mean, I have about a dozen apps on my phone. One's the Bible. One is, um, you know, Catholic this, Catholic that. Um, but, you know, we can. So it gets back to the two words that stuck out to me is praising Him and glorifying Him. I, uh, I had a few things ran through my mind when, um, when I was listening to it just now. Uh, one was, um, uh, I, so, so the part where it says, uh, and they found Mary and Joseph and the infant laying in the manger. I, I read an article about the, the manger, because I didn't know this, but um, apparently in, uh, in the Jewish households, it would be like the family and the animals. The animals 
would stay in the same house and, and they would be in like the lower floor and the family would be in like the upper level. And also, basically I read something that, that translation that there was no room for them in the inn, that it really meant like, like there was no room for them in the, in the spare room. Uh, and and that they are probably at like relatives because you know they went to Bethlehem for the census, but that um, uh, and so they had you know they were of Joseph's of the house of David of the family of David, and so he was probably staying with a relative there, but there was it was so crowded that that they had to sleep, you know, down with the with the animals, and and so that's why um, he was laying in a manger. Uh, but I'd never heard that before because I'd always heard this story about them being like kind of outside um, and like in it under a like in a secluded place um, but um, but it's, it's not clear that that was the case or not. I know that obviously the shepherds who came uh, you know were, were, had been outside but I'm not sure if Mary and Joseph and Jesus had been outside or not. Um, I don't know that's just one thing I was, I was thinking about. Um, another thing was there's a part where um, Mary kept all these things reflecting on them in her heart. There's a couple times, particularly in Luke's Gospel, where he says something along those lines, like saying what's going on internally with Mary, you know, like like during the Annunciation, uh, you know, it's, it's like uh, Mary was, 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 was you know, troubled and, and, uh, and wondered what sort of greeting this might be. And then, and similar here, you know, um, when the shepherds come after the, uh, she gives birth, and, and I think similarly in um, a couple other times in Luke's Gospel, and I was hearing that that may be that it's like a way of the author signifying that, you know, that Mary was the source of this story, like whether it came from her directly, or maybe like someone, like secondhand, but it couldn't have been more than second, second or secondhand really, because it was this gospel is written, you know, within a life, within a lifetime or so of these these events happening. So that that's an interesting thing um, that, like, you know, Mary recounted this story, the birth of Jesus, to to to, um, uh, to Luke. And then the other thing that I was reminded of was um, the, the last line when eight days were completed for his circumcision. Um, it's interesting because, you know, we're celebrating this feast of uh, Mary, the mother of God, on uh, the eighth day uh, of, of Christmas. And I get that it's always the eighth day of Christmas because it's always on January 1st and you know, Christmas is always on the 25th. So it's always eight days after Christmas that we celebrate this, this feast. And, uh, and it's interesting because, you know, the circumcision is you know, a sign of, of, of you know, God's covenant with his people. What this reminds me of is the fullness of time and the tapestry that uh, I've been made aware of. And it's uh, a time where uh, we are acknowledged as adopted sons and daughters of God. And it says there in the message of God crying out, Abba, Father. And we're no longer slaves. We're not, we're not slaves. We are his adopted sons and daughters, therefore heir to the kingdom. That says a lot to me. That uh, it, it gives me a, a, a secure feeling about uh, being an adopted uh, 
paint that with the tapestry. As Timothy McGuire, Keith's brother, said, he'd look at it and say, this is the will of God. And uh, it, is, it is what it is. So he just, uh, he lived under that. But uh, it said here that the fullness of time had come. So I, I, I remember that about Epiphany. What is the epiphany? If that's the, the wise man, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. The, mag, the magi, because it took them some time to to get up to. They made haste to go visit Jesus, but by the time they it took them some time to get there. I'm not sure. Yeah. And there was a lot happening in the octave too. You know, you had the the you know, feast day of Stephen. You know, it was the, the first martyr. And St. John's the Evangelist um, having his day, the, the Holy Innocents, where Herod for the slaughter of the tears under. So there was a lot of activity going on, you know, during this, uh, you know, eight, you know, this, this, this octave period of celebration, or even the 12 days of Christmas. And the, if you're looking at the 12 day, that would be uh, the Epiphany. And as, as I had mentioned before, the Orthodox. Religion. We go by the Gregorian calendar. They go by the Julian, and therefore they they celebrate Christmas Eve on the sixth, and then Christmas Day the seventh of January, which will be, and and, and that'll be noted in the uh, Russian-Ukrainian war too. Um, the president got on and said, "Guess we're celebrating in the dark, guys." Uh, yeah, Steve, do you have any thoughts on yeah, this Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, sparks are flying here. You guys are making some really <laughs> beautiful points. Uh, uh, the glory and praise, that, that does... Uh, thanks for bringing that out, Tom. That, that's, I think that really kind of hits me. Um, and the technology, I think you're absolutely right. Um, there's... Uh, I, for some I was cleaning out my junk, getting rid of junk that I don't need, you know, throwing away books that I don't want to read or I'll never read that just somehow ended up. And I saw this one from sister, one Sister Breach McKenna, who's an Irish nun who came to the United States and uh, has a healing ministry. She's probably about in her late 70s now. Um, but uh, she was talking about early on um, how uh, she has experienced, you know, over the people have had healings over the phone, okay? So, you know, like I'm in Florida, Breach McKenna's in Florida, and somebody she knows has a niece or something that's sick, and well, I can't go, I can't, I can't go to Omaha, Nebraska to see if this lady's going to get a healing. Let me talk to her on the phone, and sure enough, there's a healing. So that's proof to me. Um, one of the things that um, we, we read this God, my, my brother-in-law suggested that we read this gospel of Christmas Eve for, before dinner and uh, my niece who happens to be really up on, on theology and things like that she mentioned a couple of things um, Bethlehem uh, uh, in uh, Hebrew means place of bread okay so and then the manger, okay, is where Jesus is, 
okay? So this is kind of like the Eucharist, you know, the, the place of bread. Uh, and, and, and the manger itself, this is a place, this is the, uh, uh, the thing that the animals eat out of, you know? The animals eat out of the manger, and there, there's Jesus Christ in the place of bread in the manger. So that's very much like the Eucharist. And you think of the word manger, um, comes from manja. You know, it's, it's the, the, the uh, hey, Robert, how you doing? I just kept forgetting everything. I had to go back to my house. Sorry, I need coffee. So, uh, uh, you know, manja comes from a, a manger comes from a Latin word, mangire or something like that, which means to eat. So my, my niece was really rocking some knowledge there, and I, and I really loved it. Um, and uh, uh, technology, uh, I don't know if you guys know, but there, there is a, a rosary, a daily rosary going on um, at 7 o'clock every night. Uh, I, I'm, I participate on, on Wednesday nights, but this rosary has been going on for ever since the beginning of COVID, and everybody... You know, you can just dial on seven o'clock any night of the week and uh, participate in a rosary. It's really great. I'll text it to you guys. If there's a a, a, a number and, uh, and a key code to get in, uh, but it's a it's a beautiful rosary every night of the week, and it's uh, using technology, phone technology, to uh, uh, to pray the rosary. And uh, I'll say one more thing, if I could. Uh, Mary kept all these things to herself. That's always hit me between the eyes. The other place, I, I think it's in a couple other places, but the other, the other one is the, uh, the presentation. You know, the prophecy of, Sin, of Simeon. I says, oh, you know, this is disturbing, right? Mary says to herself, I guess. But uh, that always hit me. She kept. Mary doesn't talk a lot. You know, she doesn't talk, she has no lines in the Bible, but she's so important. Robert, good morning. Good morning. A question. So the, uh, the circumcision and the presentation were not on the same day? No. No? I thought that's what the presentation was. was the I think the presentation is... This, Presentation is like 50 days after. Yeah, I'm not sure. I know the presentation happened after they had to go through like purification. I don't know what, what that, how long that had to be. And I think it has to do with the mother. I always complain. Is that right? Oh, yeah. okay. I think it's, it's either 40 or 50 days after Christmas. And they say in the, the gospel message, when eight days were completed for his service. He was named Jesus, given to him by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. This was a well, well-planned out birth. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. When when you said forty or fifty, I'm I'm thinking like Lent already, where like Lent is a period of forty days for us. Doesn't something take place ten days after the forty uh, days of Lent or not? Uh, I found is that the holy is that Christ ascending to heaven? Uh, well, I just found that so um, for the presentation, there's a footnote here. It says um, so it happened after their purification. It says 
According to the Mosaic Law, the woman who gives birth to a boy is unable for 40 days to touch anything sacred or to enter the temple area by reason of her legal impurity. At the end of this period, she is required to offer a year-old lamb as a burnt offering, turtle dove, or young pigeon as an expiation of sins. The woman could not afford a lamb, offered it, and said two turtle doves or two young pigeons, as Mary does here. So, yeah, it was, uh, I guess, 40 days after the birth of Jesus. You said, you said the word impure, right? I mean, Mary was not, right? Yeah, but it's like, like ritually impure. Because uh, like, according to the Mosaic law, sure. like in blood, any type of blood would make a person impure, impure. And giving birth, you know, a lot of blood involves. So the presentation was more about Mary than Jesus? Uh, yeah. No, the reason for the delay. Like, oh, so the reason for the, the delay. That, that it, the, the circumcision happens eight, eight days after birth, but... But the presentation couldn't happen until you know, oh, 40 okay. days after. And the present circumcision probably didn't have to be in the temple or anything. Probably not. It doesn't have to be today. Yeah. Uh, I was really amazed by that. Um, and I thought of it before, but for some reason it didn't stick of the thing you were saying about, um, I think, you know, Bethlehem being the house of bread or place of bread. And... Uh, and and Jesus being born in a manger, um, like where you know, as as like food for for you know animals like us. And the other thing that I thought was interesting when I was meditating on on that uh, when I was reading this article about the manger was that um, we uh, like you know so God is you know the, the, I think the, the center of all things and it's interesting that he came. And incarnate as a human being, but um, but like us humans, we evolved, you know, from animals also. And so it makes sense that uh, God incarnating uh, as a human would, you know, somehow give uh, a sign of respect to animals also, you know. Um, and and then that and I, I would, like that's something that I was maybe thinking is like being born in a, in a manger is also a way of, of God, um, you know, glorifying all His creation, not just human beings. And you know, also, Tom, you were saying that thing about um, taking a picture on Instagram of just like beautiful scenery and stuff. I got uh, my my um, my mom's boyfriend's mom, my like step grandma. She gave she gave me a book for for um, for a Christmas present, and, and it's just like you know nice scenery. And I didn't and when I opened it, I, it's called the wonder of it all, and uh, it's basically you know, beautiful pictures with little scripture passages. Um, uh, to meditate on, I thought, you know, thought it was real interesting. It's kind of what you're talking about. Yeah, look at it. There's a, like when I'm flipping through cable channels, not that many. I have Xfinity, um, so I only get fifty or sixty some. One of them is about Earth, and it's just it's amazing the stuff that they show on that one particular. I wish I knew the exact title of the program, but it's just it's phenomenal. It's just our planet. You know, the other thing is uh, about that technology is, um, you know, and, and that got me to think of art. Art is really technological, especially when you think about sculpture and the development of and the, and the evolution of technique and things like that right th up through the Renaissance. Um, that's technology, too. And art is very powerful in conveying a message and has been used, I mean, especially in medieval times. 
when nobody could read or write, had the stained glass windows telling the story. And they're all beautiful and inspiring. Now we just have electronic, you know, which is just carry on, you know, spread the gospel. Yeah, I was, um, I told you guys before this podcast started today that I was in New York City with family on uh, Monday of this past week. And one of our last stops was St. Patrick's Cathedral. And I had to go. <laughs> it's like not just looking at it from the outside, but the inside is just, it's unbelievable. Just to slowly take a walk, and I could have spent hours in there. The architecture, the time that people spent doing a mosaic, or even a little side chapel, which probably took hours and hours on end just to make. It's just amazing, like some of these cathedrals. Is there a lot of people there? It's just people everywhere. Yeah, I've but it was heard, good. I, I've you know, um, Bishop Robert Barron frequently talks about um, you know beauty and how it can draw people to God. And he said, he says, no wonder that you know a lot of times tourists will go into cathedrals, you know, because of the of the beautiful artwork and stuff. It's like you know, it's it's interesting that um, you know, in some ways it's sad, but it's yeah. But at least they're coming to church. You know, they're they're coming. They're coming. Yeah. <laughs> It was, uh, it, it was very interesting because um, there's a sign that says to remove your hat, which I would have done anyway, but some people would not know that out of respect for the presence of, of Christ being there. And I, I first, just, you, you can tell the people, just they're there just to look at it. They're not, you know, you, you can just tell. And then... I went to the right, I took a look at all the chapels, you know, genuflected, and in the very back behind the main chapel, there was a mass uh, that was being prayed at that time, and it was glass doors, so you can see everybody inside. And there's a person who must work at the cathedral standing upon the glass doors, and would not let anybody in, because I, I don't think people understood that, the fact that there was a mass going on, but now you can't because it already started. But um, it was very interesting. The major, when you're facing the main altar to the left, is the one of the most amazing manger scenes. Oh my goodness! Just um, just an incredible place just to look at. Nice. Yeah. I went there once when I was a kid with my parents, well, in college, and uh, they asked me to be the usher to collect the money. It took like for half an hour. <laughs> Going through the whole place. It's so long. It's so big. But it's beautiful. <clears throat> we know uh, this is the, probably the shortest uh, uh, nativity in the Gospels, right? This one. Uh, the, uh, this reading? Yeah. yeah the uh, other ones are longer, right? Do they all have it? I don't think Mark has it. I think John may, may be absent from John also. Yeah, I think each gospel has a different type of, I think, um, let me think here. Uh, I mean, this is the, I swear I remember, this is the only account of the nativity, is, is Luke's. Cause, it might be. Really? Yeah. Where's the one, like, remember the shepherds, they... they Oh yeah, that's this. Uh, this is. The, oh, it's this, after this. Oh, this is this is when the shepherds come. Yeah. To see Jesus. No, no, I know, but th then weren't they told that 
in a, in a dream to go home a different way so they didn't go back to the king and tell you're, him that... You're talking about the, the three wise men? Oh, yeah, you yeah. know what? I'm thinking the wrong thing. The, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's next preceding. week. Is that next week? Yeah, that's, that's next week. Yeah. <laughs> I, got the, I got the shepherds and the, the wise men confused. I'm sorry. So that's good, though. So then you're saying only the one has it. So, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because okay. I think um, <clears throat> my memory is that, like, I think Matthew has, like, Matthew and Mark are both of them have like the genealogy of Jesus and then kind of the story of his birth from Joseph's perspective, which doesn't include this. Yeah. And then uh, and and Luke's has things from Mary's perspective, and John's has like you know that kind of poem about um, the Word was made flesh and dwelt dwelt among us. So the one where I, I heard a song this a couple times yesterday, um, in the now thousand fortieth third year. Of you know, David's, whatever, you know, this, yeah, whatever. That, 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 right? That's the genealogy you're talking about, and that is uh, in the two, two of them. Yeah, I'm not sure, I have to check actually. I don't know. It's a beautiful song, it was just a song. Have you ever heard it? it was... I'll, um, I'll, I'll send you guys, I'll remember this later. Um, I attended two services on Christmas Eve, um, one was at home, one was in person, and the Catholic Mass by Church of the Nativity. Um, one of the uh, Persons in the choir sings that. Oh my goodness! It's amazing. I don't think Wasn't many people beautiful? have heard it. Yeah, it's amazing. But I'm wondering if that's scriptural. I don't uh, know. In the thing, right? Because it's so it's, cool. Is that nativity one? The what? The big one that you yeah. talk about going down there? Yeah. Oh, so that's the nativity. Yeah, that's. I should have tuned into that myself. It that, was, that's the when when the mass started. That's the name of it. That's right? the very first thing that they that they sang the choir. It should have been. Okay. Yeah, I just, I just checked now. So Matthew has the genealogy yeah. and then the story from Joseph's <clears throat> perspective. Mark just skips right to John the Baptist and doesn't no. have Jesus' birth at all. And Luke is the one we're reading. And then John's is kind of that poetic uh, thing. Does the Bible say anything, Keith? Is that the Bible you have in front of you now? Yeah, that's the Bible. Because Matthew in chapter 2 has the visit of the, Ma the Magi. Yeah. Right before that, in chapter one, it has the birth of Jesus. Yeah, Matthew was the um, tax collector, so he was hands-on. Luke was—I don't know how many generations, one or two, maybe after Christ. Yeah, after that yeah. one. I don't know, but it makes sense because I'm sitting here and thinking, my dad is 81, and then he has a bunch of grandkids, so it's kind of the same thing. Like I'm thinking, okay, if my dad is 80-some years old, if you take, let's say he was 20, 30-some year old, he was there around that age range when Christ was around doing his ministry, then 50 years later he's still around, he can hand it off to his grandkids. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not hands-on, but it's pretty darn close. Yeah, it's, pre it's, yeah, histori it's, it's historically yeah. uh, valid uh, information, mm. just from a you know, a historian's point of view, you would say, "Oh, this is good information because yeah. it was it was <laughs> written down around that time." Um, I'm just wondering if Matthew and John, maybe Matthew and John got together, the two guys in the gospel, and said, "Listen, Matthew, you write this about." <laughs> I'm serious. Maybe they well, did. Well, I know that John John <laughs> was written John was written later. Well, so Matthew and Mark are similar to each other, yeah. and they may. Yeah, uh, that, that would make, that would be, make, well, I think Matthew and Mark are similar to each other, um, Luke 
has more, and then, uh, but the Gospel of John is just totally different. I think I've heard Jimmy Aiken talk about it and say that the Gospel of John was written probably last after the other two had already been circulating because he, he chose to, like, for example, he didn't include the institution of the Eucharist, but instead he talks about the washing of the feet because he, he knew what was in the other Gospels, yeah. and so he wanted to have, like, you know, stuff that wasn't in the other Gospels, so... I think they, they come on. They're they're two of the twelve. I think they were hanging out sometimes. Well, you put this in... I'm thinking. Yeah. Uh, and that very well could be. You know, it's it's a fact that, you know, Paul, uh, St. Paul, um, started to preach to the Greeks, and, he's, and he went into that, the genealogy of Christ and things like that, and the Greeks being philosophers, especially in, I think, Corinth, uh, said oh, how very how very nice, but we don't know those people. And thank you very much. See you later. Right? <laughs> then John the evangelist John the evangelist comes in, and he he presents it completely different. Right? He 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 says he talks about the word, and the word is really not just a word. As to to them, it would mean the whole rationale of the universe. Okay, was made flesh. Right. And that got their attention. Okay, so Matthew was uh, writing to the Hebrews, right? He was writing to the Jews. This genealogy thing was really important. Okay, uh, but uh, Saint John the Evangelist was writing to mainly the Greeks, where this logic uh, was really important. And uh, but when he says word, he means reason, rationale, uh, the order of the universe. You know, and that's how you speak to the Greeks at that time. And what do you say caught their attention? The use of the, of, of the word word, okay, which, which in Greek would be logos, right? And logos means that's the rationale of, of, the, of, of the universe. Okay, it's the logic, the rationale. The word. Okay. The word, the word became flesh. flesh, right? And that got the, that got the attention of the Greeks. Okay, what gets the attention of the Hebrews would be, well, this is the lineage of Jesus all the way back to uh, Abraham or Adam. You know, one one of the I think there's two lineages in the gospel, and one is uh, uh, the lineage of, of Joseph back to either Abraham or. David, David, and then another is the lineage of Mary. I think back to Adam. I'm not sure. And it says right there in the Salami that the Lord said to Moses to speak to Aaron, and the Lord will bless you and keep you. And that's how the, the Salami opens up. And it goes into the adopted sons, and then it talks about the shepherds. Miracles that happened there. Are you in numbers? Are you reading from numbers right now? No. Just, okay. Just, Sorry. No. This, you said the Lord bless you and keep you, correct? Yes, that was that was part of the reading of the octave of Christmas and the solemnity of the Blessed Mother. That which was, was in which gospel? Reading. The one we read today. Uh, no, he's reading from the first reading of the mass. Uh, the first reading tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Just so you guys know, that goes back to Numbers chapter six. 
Yes. It says, good. the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord let his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you kindly and give you peace. Almost verbatim, those words are in one of my favorite songs, which yeah. is contemporary Christian. Yeah. It's called The Blessing. That's the name of the song, The Blessing. Maybe I'll send that to you guys. Yeah, Go on a retreat, set everything aside, focus on the song, and then I literally have scripture like this while I'm listening to the song. And it's just, it's amazing how a lot of these songs are right from here, which is God's Word. I cannot find that song here. I was listening to a, listening to a, a, a podcast recently and it talked about that, that the blessing um, and it said how there was like maybe um, an echo of it in the um, in what um, Zechariah says about the birth of John the Baptist you know there's like a hymn I forget what it's called canticle yeah the canticle and and he uh, and he um, what is it there's a part of it where he talks about uh, oh yeah the, the like if you look at the the blessing may his face shine upon you and he's like the dawn from on high will shine upon us uh, you know guiding our feet into the way of peace so like you know, um so jesus is kind of like the fulfillment of that blessing and maybe that's why it's why it's you know the first reading here is because um What's the canticle that you guys refer to? Canticle of Zechariah? Yeah. That's probably what the chapter heading is in the book. I will bet. Zechariah was an Old Testament figure. Uh, I'm not talking about that, that Zechariah. I'm talking about... Um, oh, you're talking about a different guy? Yeah, a, a John the Baptist's father. Oh. Yeah, Zechariah. He went blind, I think, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, uh, um. And they do refer to the law in the reading. That's what the people understood in the Old Testament, and then it rolls right up to the to the gospel message in the New Testament. Song? Yeah, the Lord bless you. The, the Lord bless. But it, it so puts you in the zone of being Christ-like. Yeah, I, I feel like it's actually come up a couple times, uh, on, and, I, and I know at least one of the episodes I have a link to a video uh, for it. And being an adopted son and daughter of God, that's, that's the opening. We're not slaves, we're his adopted, adopted children, therefore heirs to the kingdom. This song, Tom, is about what? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord Perfect. let his face shine upon you and the be gracious priest. to you. It's called the blessing. And here it's called the priestly blessing. Okay. In Numbers chapter 6. 
That's a beautiful cluster of words when you think about it. Oh, I always knew that as an Irish. Isn't that the Irish pit? The sunshine the Irish on your face, on your face. It's got to be the way offshoot of that, right? Probably. Yeah, somebody was, the author of that was probably reading. Reading that, you know. Can I do like one minute? Okay. After a couple of hours, it just felt like the presence of God just stopped everything. And we wrote a song called The Blessing. And it's straight from scripture. And it's the heart of the Father over us as his kids. And we're going to sing it this morning, if that's okay. And this is a blessing over you and your family and your children. So just receive this this morning. Just put your hands out in front of you. Turn your heart to a place of just receiving the blessing of heaven from God himself over you this morning. <laughs> what a great day. What a, what a great morning. We've had this discussion Zechariah Canticle, and uh, so Zechariah was a, a Levite, and that was a, or that was a, he served as a priest, and that was a priestly blessing, and and so here's the Canticle of Zechariah, which is somewhat similar in that it's the fulfillment of his blessing. It goes, "Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, for He has visited, He has visited and brought redemption to His people. He has raised up a horn for our salvation." within the house of David, his servant, even as he promised through the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, salvation from our enemies, from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our fathers, to be mindful of his holy covenant, and of the oath he swore to Abraham, our father, and to grant us that, rescued from the hand of, of enemies, without fear, we might worship him in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the daybreak from on high will visit us, to 
shine on those who sit in darkness and death's shadow, to guide our feet into the path of peace. Um, so, the, I guess that last part about the um, the shining and peace, you know, is, is kind of part of that priestly blessing also. Yeah. That's beautiful. Has, has anybody studied the prophecies? I mean, I never have. I haven't done any research on it where... There are so many in the Old Testament which are fulfilled in the New Testament. I think that would be pretty cool to study. Um, it helps, like with yeah. um, learning about our faith and even maybe defending our faith. I mean, you can talk to somebody about. I mean, Isaiah was around about seven hundred years before Christ, and this is what he said seven hundred years before Christ, and this is what was said. This is what took place. Like, I don't know. It just sounds like something amazing to the, study. The, the, uh, usually, the footnotes in the Bible. Mm -hmm. We'll direct you back in an Old Testament thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but you're right. I mean, there's probably volumes and volumes written on that. <laughs> it's, I mean, it, surely there yeah, is. Yeah, it, it gets to the point where how can't you believe this? Yeah. Like, there's nothing in history that compares to it. It is, I think, you guys agree, the greatest love story ever. Yeah. What somebody did for not just another person, but for us and all of mankind. It's unbelievable if you sit down and really contemplate what he did. That's true. I want to remind you of it every year. Cheers. Going to uh, have some bones for your bill to see. Very nice. Wow, we really got into some theology today. Huh? <laughs> That's cool, I love it. Yeah, I like when you were sharing what your, uh, was your niece or something said. That was really interesting. Um, did you guys want to wrap it up now then? Okay. I'll wait for Tom to get back. Okay, we'll just... Um, yeah, I'm okay. Thanks. Any uh, uh, any intentions? Yeah, I just want to offer some prayers for all you guys and, and family and friends and everybody. They uh, have, a, have a safe and a healthy... Uh, New Year and uh, and uh, giving some hope at these gospel messages that we just heard today, man, it was it was beautiful. Can't help but be moved by that. So I just want to offer let's, that. Let's pray for Bill too. He's one of our faculty members here. He, uh, <laughs> couldn't do this today. It was okay. Yeah, I'd like to pray for uh, my mom, for Mark and uh, Sue, who is um, my daughter's fiance's mom. Uh, all battling cancer each and every day, that uh, whatever they go through each and every day, that um, that they can hopefully prevent it from spreading and or just get rid of it all together from their system. Um, also for my daughter, Christina, who um, is getting married in nine months, that things go well from now until, until the wedding. To pray for uh, Claire and Grace and Doreen and for my mom. To include my sister Jessica and you know, uh, all my friends and family and my enemies. Good for you. That's good. Okay. Yeah. Amen. Uh, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And, and it is not to temptation, but the Lord us from evil. Amen. And who are you praying for, Steve?